Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. I, I suppose it's not championed by former members, but I actually kicked football with the Young Irelands many, many years ago. And uh, one of the guys who played with me on those uh, teams is in the studio with me, a former school principal, Pat Hackett. Good morning to you, Pat. Good morning, Alan. And I'm joined by another former school principal as well, who also knows a thing or two about football. He's a proud Sarsfield today because the Sarsfield's got through to the junior final right, against yeah. uh, Monaghir Boulevogue next week, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so you're delighted as a Sarsfield man to be here in studio me as well, Liam Turner. Absolutely, thank you very much, Alan. Yes, any Sarsfield will be proud of yesterday, you know. Okay, well, good luck to them and good luck to Mon- Monaghir Boulevogue in the final. We'll be looking at all the finals with Liam Spratt a little bit later on. Come to you first off, Pat. We grew up together, my granny and granddad lived there, you lived in the Selsker area, so I know it very well. And when I saw the title Selsker 18, this is in the Wexford town area, it's very close to where Dunn Stores is nowadays. So um, just tell me why this book has come to pass, please. Well, Alan, uh about three years ago, we did a, a genealogical course with our tutor, John Nangle, up in the People's College in Coolcots, and he happened to pick an area of Wexford that was very prevalent, I suppose, in the past, the commercial and a lot of people living there. So he just picked 18 buildings, and he, as I said, he picked the Selsker area, and I, I was happy to, with that because I grew up down there. And we followed uh, the course of these buildings over 150 years and uh, he really wanted us to do this cold case genealogy where we would research buildings and the people associated with them and you know get an insight into how the people lived all those years and the changes that took place and again it's a very historic and it was not maybe not as kind of commercially viable as it once was but it's a very very famous area and uh, as we're going to talk about shortly now we won um, Wexford's first All-Ireland football was won by the Selsker Young Ireland when clubs represented their county so uh, and 15 of the 17 believe it or not on the team uh, were from the Selsker area so it's like it's fantastic and I always feel that they didn't get the credit you know we always hear about the four in the row team that won in the, yeah. in the during the war years but like to win uh, an All-Ireland title at any grade is fantastic but when 15 of the players are from the one general area it's even you know it makes us more proud and then Pat you and I came along and that put the end <laughs> <laughs> well Alan we didn't have the population then but we did our best but when I don't think we were in the calibre of some of the great young Ireland's of all those years ago. Do you remember our manager? Yeah, Father, Father Jackie McCabe. Father yeah. Jackie McCabe. That's right, Jen. You and I didn't go for the church, Alan. We took a different path. <laughs> but uh, Father Jackie McCabe was Selsker born and bred. And there's a great story in the book. We don't want to give too much away. But on yeah. the day he was ordained, the Selsker Young Irelands had a, a do for him that night. And they presented him with a, with a tray. And they made him a president of the club. Yeah. Because uh, the club was striving at the time. So he was, he was ordained and became president on the one day. All right, Liam. So then into the equation comes you. So I know Pat's roots. <laughs> with Selsker. Have you roots with Selsker? As I do indeed, Alan. Okay, yeah. what are they? Uh, my father was born and reared in Ram Street and uh, I suppose that was my introduction to the project was Pat rang me during COVID and as only Pat can, he told me I'd be interested in the project that they were doing. So of course when he told me what it was about, I... It was it was an easy sell, so that's when I got involved, and uh, I think two years later, mm-hmm. the book was finished. Mm-hmm. So, I well, suppose I can sort of claim to be okay. a half half sales price. <laughs> I, I want to look at just some of the uh, the shops that you you've picked on. Right, first off, I'm going to go for Billy Doyle's shoe shop. So there, these are the history of these premises, are they, Pat? That's right, Alan. Yeah, uh, we we. 
uh, our tutor kind of went up to the valuation office in Dublin and the, the books up there called the cancellation books, Alan, and they record the owners and the people who rented these shops over 150 years. So I'm glad you picked that one because Aidan Foley, a legend in Selsker, uh, worked in those two shops for nearly, I think, close to 50 years. And he wore the white shop coat, didn't he? He wore the white shop yeah. Brilliant pictures and great stories, you know. And on four different occasions, there were actually two shops there. Billy Doyle now has the two shops, but on four different occasions, over the 150 years uh, numbers 15 and 16 ha- were joined together so Aidan Foley and Billy Doyle and other ones in the past as well I'm going to give you one of the classic ones because it's on the front page isn't it and this is Bridges Toy Shop because we all went in there I think I bought my first dinky cars or first corgi cars there <laughs> he had probably still have them Alan probably still yeah, have yeah. absolutely Alan yeah and I, I think you know uh it, it was a great picture for the front cover as well and uh, Bridges' was synonymous with Toys in Wexford and at one stage in the book it says that uh, it was probably the bane of every parent's life and every child's treasure trove I remember as a kid you could not wait to get down to the sales ground of the town to go by Bridges' shop but my mother was always dragging me on because invariably you spotted something and you wanted it and uh, those were the days when we grew up when uh, I want didn't get so you had to wait maybe but yeah. <laughs> was a great it yeah. was an institution it was more than a shop really so that obviously had to had to feature in it as well look you you just give me a copy of the book and the good news is I'll be able to give a copy of it away to our Morning Mix listeners as well two of them so I'll give away one today and one the official launch is when Tomorrow night. Tomorrow, tomorrow night. night. So we'll do one tomorrow as well. So we'll do one now. So just text in the word Selsker to me, please, on 87 The Cavalcaders, the fantastic play Billy Roach. I think some of it was spawned by the cobblers there, you know, the barbershop singing, etc. Yeah. The Murphy's Cobblers, does that feature in the, in the yeah. book, Pat? Yeah, Pascal Murphy was... Pascal. Uh, yeah, what, Pascal, what, what yeah. a character. His father before him, believe it or not, Ned Murphy. Yeah. Uh, he was a cobbler. And not only, you know, as I said, not only could he make shoes, he, repair shoes, but he, he actually specialised in making them for people with, with difficulties with their feet. But Pascal was, a, you know, he was ahead of his time. He was a psychologist as well as everything else. So everyone would call into Pascal and Pascal would leave what he was doing and come out. And he was a great authority on everything on, on everything that happened in the whole world. So we gave great mention to Pascal. And he was very good to me when I was a young teacher. He was very, very, very kind to me. And you couldn't get by without each charge. Where's the two euros or two pounds then for the young Irelands, you know? Yeah. So we often have to take a different route home to try and avoid. But he was a great character and there's great, plenty of information on him in the book. In, in a roundabout way, Alan, as well, uh the Murphys probably don't realise the role as young Irelands that they played in uh, the formation of Billy Dodd. Now, I can't say an awful lot about that. You'd have to read the article in the The formation question. of Billy Dodd? Well, <laughs> if, you're, if you read the... If, you, if, if, if the story is read, uh, yeah, I think I'm correct to say. Okay. Yeah, it's one of those interesting ones, but uh, the Murphys... A huge part in Billy Dodd's life. No doubt there'll be a, a bit of banter shared between Mr. Spratt and Mr. Ford and Mr. Dodd about that. As I they, would they, say they so, yes. Look, there's some, uh, apart from the various, uh, what happened to the various shops and the premises, there's some characters as well. For example, Tom Skull Hayes. Mm. And so I think talk about Tom Skull Hayes. All right, Tom Skull Hayes. What yeah. a name, Tom Skull Hayes. Absolutely. Uh, one of the things, as Pat said earlier, we looked at uh, the Selsker Young Ireland team that won the All Ireland in 1893. So we just took three people from that team. We looked at the captain, who was Tom Skull Hayes. We looked at the first to die, tragically, a man called John McGinn, who died of consumption at 27. And then we looked at Tommy O'Connor, who was the last of the team to die in 1959. But uh, we were laughing when putting the book together that, you know, John Hegarty's put out a call now for uh, 
to get behind the footballers. Mm. Tom Skull Hayes was the captain. There was a guy called Barney O'Doyle. And I think a tip for John going forward is these are the type of nicknames we need on teams. Yeah. I know I'd have been afraid playing against somebody called Barney on Skull. I'd have taken my <laughs> Actually, my time get, <laughs> Sheen or Sean Ty, uh, he had a great, he, he's a great man. I think he did a book about the nicknames. Yes. Barney or what, what, Skull. Yeah. Yeah. Any other uh, nicknames? No, no not that I can think of. Those. Oh, there was another one called Hoy Redmond. And Hoy, we can yeah, Hoy, Hoy Redmond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we can only think that uh, Willie Redmond's family, one of those had the, the, the name Hoy, and maybe yeah. possibly that was a connection just, yeah. you know, he was I think the Redmond, that's not across Allen, but the Redmond family, you know, the pig dealers in Selskar, yeah. you know, I think they're one of the last kind of crews to have pigs in the town and uh, they were great Redmondites and great followers of John Redmond so maybe in in I suppose as a tribute to the man and the, yeah. the Redmond family of Wexford they called maybe one of their sons Hoy you know Tom Hoy or, or James Hoy yes, Redmond yeah, yeah. wasn't it yeah, so. and I know this just doesn't appeal this won't just appeal to people in the Wexford town area or the this appeal because I just know from the Morning Mix listeners they love knowing about the history of the county because yeah. a lot of people particularly in the last few years took to reading more about it what's the German connection with Selskir Pat? Um, well, funny, my brother-in-law is one of the contributors, and his father, uh, li- living in Ardcavan, uh, Edward Nolan, one of the mornings he was out looking after his stock and his, and his and they had land adjoining the, 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 the beach in Ardcavan, and the, he actually came across a wash, this during the war years, mm-hmm. uh, a German pilot probably was washed up on the shoreline so of course contacted the guards and the, the man was identified But and the funny, the Selskirk connection as well was uh, that Father Jackie McCabe I think some of his people were called in, wasn't it? His That's father, right, his father yeah. was, the, was the coroner Father was the coroner, yeah. And then uh, people would remember O'Brien's furniture shop Yeah, uh, I do indeed, the, yeah. One of those uh, was the foremost uh, German uh, yeah. Linguist in Ireland, yeah. and he's actually there's a there's a uh, there's actually a, a, a German military graveyard in, in uh, Glencree Glen in Wicklow, hmm. and there's a, a three sided uh, commemoration stone in Irish, English, and German, yeah. and Stan O'Brien did the poems for that, so he has a direct connection with Selsker as well. Yeah. So it's I'll, li- I'll let you pick one or two each before we wrap up our chat today. So Pat, you pick one or two. Kate's Gift and Home is an interesting story. What's the story here? Um, well, that's what it's called now, Alan, but once upon a time it was a, a, a public house, believe it or not, and uh, an own Kehoe uh, lived and ran a public house there. You know, there were a lot more public houses then. They've all closed down mostly since. But his, some of his, his son married into the Imperial Bar, you know, the Imperial Hotel and Bar, Tom Kehoe. Mm. So we were able to link the Imperial Bar to Owen Kehoe. And what we actually found out that there were two Owen Kehoe's in Selskar. So as, as Liam says, you really have to get the book. But, uh, Growing up in Selskar, as I said, we didn't have to pay to get into the Imperial Bar because we could actually hear it from where I lived, you know. <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, we actually we researched the Imperial Baron in great detail, and we found out that uh, on the m- m- early morning of Wednesday morning, the 11th of April, 1984, the Imperial Bar burnt down. Hmm. And uh, there was a great rumour that uh, the last band to play in the Imperial on the previous Saturday was Light a Big Fire. Hmm. But that was no fact in that. And uh, the truth was that it was a group called Spitfire played there the week before. And wow. it was a Wexford connection with those two because it was a Dick Doyle from Carrageen played with those. So I suppose it kind of was... You must I, have had a ball research now. Always great fun. And it was yeah. a labour of love for me, Alan, because growing yeah. up there in the 60s and 70s, I know your grandmother and grandfather lived around the corner. So, hmm. you know, the, the best Rose. part of yours, yeah. Alan, mm-hmm. of your uh, make up in your Andy Halligans Andy yeah. Halligans Just Jer- was Jer- 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 yeah 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 Jer- 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 played with the Sour Sweet he was a higher level than us <laughs> he had ambitions we, maybe we weren't ambitious enough maybe that's where we went wrong <laughs> and for you Liam then pick another one for yeah, us please one simple little thing Alan there was uh, one of the uh, 
pieces of research threw up an unfortunate story where a lady had died in what was called the asylum at the time in Enniscorthy and years later her daughter died again in the asylum in Enniscorthy both very tragic events but then when you scratch below the surface a little bit they were both milliners or hat makers Hmm. and I remember reading something years ago about this mad hatter that saying and apparently that goes back to when they used to add mercury to felt for the hat making process and apparently a huge number of hat makers suffered from mental uh, debility and often often ended up in debt and we were just wondering well you know is there a possible connection there because at the time there were 15 milliners in Wexford town alone 15? 15 there was one in Bridgetown one in Morrentown there were nine in New Ross now I can't talk about the sartorial elegance <laughs> in Enniscorthy and Gorey but there were none recorded in either of those towns but the fact that both of these a mother and daughter who'd have been working maybe in a small house poor ventilation no health and safety that they both died uh, in the asylum you know maybe there was a connection there with as as I said it became commonly known as Mad Hatter Syndrome I hope Alan I hope Liam you're not saying there was any madness in Selskar we've accused him of anything but madness was was, was one thing (laughs) I'll leave the final word to you Pat and it, it deals with health matters and this is McCormick's yeah, yeah. Uh, McCormick's chemist, uh, as Helen Corey, she was one of the contributors. She did great work on that. I think they're the, they're the chemists in Wexford with the longest family connection. I think they've three to four generations. And one of them during the War of Independence was involved with uh, gun running. He was very friendly with the Ryans of Tom Cool and so on. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, the McCormicks are still there, still in operation, but they have a long history, and I think there's even connections with that place with the playwright uh, George Bernard Shaw as well. So there's some kind of an angle there as well. So I think if you, if even for the person who's not from Selskar, not from Wexford, it, it's very informative read, and yeah. we put huge effort into it over. And can I just make one quick word? Without this man on my left, this book would never come to pass. He's marvelous at the. He's plenty to say, as you can see yourself, but he's marvelous on the computer, on the keyboard, and yeah. he was the main intrinsic part of doing this book. And where can people access it? So the launch is tomorrow night? Launch is tomorrow night in Wexford County Hall and all are welcome. I don't know if the County Council will be too happy with that. (laughs) But uh, we're going to leave some for sale in the School and Office Supplies in Selskar. But it's flying at the moment, we've a lot of pre-orders in, so yeah. if you want your cells grading, you better get your shout in early. Southeast Radio's morning mix: chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran.